saints. Welcome to another episode of Talking Bible Truth with Dr. Kamala D. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D, here to help you grow in faith and walk in God's amazing grace. Today's message is entitled, Speak God's Word and Claim It. Now get your pen and paper, sit back, take notes, and let's grow in faith. All right, saints, speak God's word and claim it. I want to share with you before we get into this message, I am experiencing some wisdom teeth issues. (laughs) Yes, I, I thank God anyway, because 15 years ago, I was having the same issues and I went to the dentist. God had already uh, subsided the pain and I went to the dentist, had an appointment scheduled to have my wisdom teeth pulled and I never returned. So 15 years later, I'm having issues again uh, and to God be the glory. God has always looked out for me. So I am having a little pain, just a little. Uh, God has made it to where I can tolerate it. So we're going to get through this message. I chose this short message because of the issues I'm having with my teeth. I was going to do a message that would be about maybe an hour and 15 minutes long, but uh, I think this message is appropriate and God has ordained this message. So let's get into our lesson today. Proverbs 18.21 says death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit meaning you will be the recipient of your words and i have shared this scripture with you all on several occasions because it is very important that we know that we shall have what we say Now, Proverbs 18.21 informs us of a spiritual law that few Christians have grasped. Yet this scripture is perhaps one of the most awesome in the Bible. It can stagger the mind to realize that God has put, whether we succeed or fail in our lives, into our hands though the words of our mouth. Mm -hmm. Through the words of our mouths. According to this scripture, we have authority to speak life and success or death and defeat to our lives. It is all up to us. Yes, it is up to us saints. The wise Christian will make a habit of making a positive confession based upon God's word. Now, I realize that usually in our society, the word confession is associated with something negative, such as confessing a crime. But in the New Testament, the word literally means to say what God says. To agree with what God says about you. This principle is a, a vital, it, it's, it's vital to the body of Christ, yet it has been a lost principle through the years. Satan has very cleverly devised a scheme 
to keep it out of the body of Christ. And it's unfortunate that he is able to be successful today with all of this word in here to protect us. I still can't wrap my brain around that. Now, in fact, periodically, there are those who, who make fun or shoot it down or call it false doctrine. Yeah, some have, have a nerve to call speaking God's word and claiming it false doctrine. They talk about the name it and, and claim it bunch, referring to people, you know, uh, that teach on this law of positive confession. You know, they say, name it and claim it. Hmm. And I'm going to tell you something. I stand guilty. I am a chief exponent of name it and claim it. Speaking God's word and claiming it. Oh, yeah, that's me. I believe in it and I stand on it because Jesus talked about it. The problem is that most people do not know how to name or claim it. So since it does not work for them, they think it is false doctrine and they make fun of it. But they don't criticize God when he says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Why, why, why aren't you non-believers criticizing God for Proverbs 18 and 21? It means that what you say can produce death or it can produce life. And whatever you do not name and claim, you are not going to get. So I claim life and I am a speaking God's word and claiming it person. That's who I am. That's how I walk. I walk, talk, eat, drink, and sleep God's word. The Bible says it is impossible for God to lie. And that's in Hebrews 6.18. Therefore, whatever God says I am or whatever he says I have and able to do must be true. Once I recognized this fact and began to set my life and, and, and my mouth in line with it, I began to see results manifesting in my life. I had to make that change. That's why I always say you have to grow in grace. You have to grow in faith. This law has operated in the realm of, of farming since time began. No seed planted, no crop harvested. Nobody has a problem with that. They do not call the farmers the, the name it and, and claim it bunch because they understand and accept the idea that there is a law of sowing and reaping and that the reaping is predicated upon the sowing. No sowing no reaping. The same law that operates in nature also operates in the spirit. In nature, seed has to be planted in good soil and given time to germinate, grow and mature before harvesting. In the spirit, you plant your seed with your mouth, your confession. The seed you should be planted, planting is the word of God, saints. Luke 8 and 11 tells us the seed is the word of God. When the farmer goes to the feed store and asks for corn seed, his desire is to produce corn. He is naming and claiming it by specifying what he wants. And he does not expect to get peaches 
when he planted corn. When he puts corn seed in the ground, he begins telling everybody he put corn in the ground and that he is going to have a corn harvest. He is naming and claiming it. Whether you understand that or not, whether you comprehend that or not, he is naming and claiming it. Now, if I plant the seed of God's word in my heart by faith, and I say that I am going to have a, a nice house, able to pay all of my bills on time and able to put clothes on my back and food in my mouth. Uh, why should someone get upset about that? Or if I plant and say I have good health and have healing, I am planting a seed. Let's look at Luke chapter 8 verses 4 through 11. Luke chapter 8 verses 4 through 11 and I am reading and when a great multitude had gathered and they had come to him from every city he spoke by a parable a sower went out to sow his seed and as he sowed some fell by the wayside and it was trampled down and the birds of the air devoured it some fell on rock and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He who, ha who, he who has ear to hear, let him hear. Then his disciples asked him, saying, What does this parable mean? And he, Jesus, said, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to the rest it is given in parables, that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. That is, wow, that is powerful. It is. According to verse 10, these spiritual truths are mysteries until they are revealed. The unbelievers have seen and they do not understand, but they would never admit that. Mm -mm. They will not admit that they can't comprehend it. So, in order to cover it up and hide their inability to perceive mysteries, they shoot the truth down and jump all over us, God's true ministers, who has learned how to interpret the mysteries. Simply because they wrote a book about their perceptions or lack thereof, they tend to believe they are the sum total of all knowledge and wisdom. That, that, that is quite shocking too, because people believe them <laughs> and following wrong doctrine. And that's biblical too. Anything I say as it relates to God can be substantiated and confirmed through scripture. Absolutely. But I cannot stop declaring the truth because someone cannot or does not want to understand what I'm saying. Mm -mm. 
As for the unbelievers, I want them to get the truth of the word because the truth is so good. I am not upset because they choose to write contrary to what the word of God says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just hate to see them choosing ignorance and being cheated out of the blessings God wants them to have. See, I want what God wants for everyone, and that is to know the truth, to grow in faith and learn how to walk in grace. So planting seeds, it works. It works all the time. Now let's look at Mark 11, uh, verses 12 through 14. Mark 11, verses 12 through 14. Now, the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. He is Jesus. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. Now, I guess I'm going to start right here just for a second and digress. Now, you know Jesus knows all things. If it wasn't the season... For figs why did he expect something to be on it why did he expect figs to be on it see whatever Jesus does whatever he did when he walked this earth in the flesh and whatever he said was for a reason everything Jesus did and everything he said was a teachable moment so let's resume in response Jesus said to it let no one eat fruit from you ever again and his disciples heard it. Teachable moment, people. In verse 14, Jesus is naming and claiming. That is what he was doing. The disciples heard it. So that means he spoke it loudly. He wanted them to hear it. He did not just think this, this curse in his mind. He did not just, you know, imagine the thought of this tree. He named it and he claimed it. What he named and claimed was for the tree to never again produce fruit. Ooh, wow. That's powerful. That's why we need to watch what we say. Now, let us find out if the naming, uh, naming it and claiming it worked for Jesus. Because if it worked then for Jesus, it will work now for us. Okay, let's look at Mark 11, uh, 20 through 23. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, and he was remembering what Jesus said, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, and the mountain is representing anything, any issue you may be having. Be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. That's the kicker. Don't doubt. Don't doubt in your heart. But believe that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. And saints, I submit to you today, that is either good or bad. If you walk around confessing bad things over your life, your family's life, your job, any situation you're in, that's what the end results will be. So why not change and start speaking God's word 
and then start claiming it over your life, your family's life, your issues on your job. Why not do that? Why not do that? In verse 23, Jesus is speaking. Jesus Christ, the head of the church, the son of God, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the rose of Sharon, the first and the last. He who was dead, but is alive forevermore. I'm talking about the Lord Jesus Christ just spoke those words in the scriptures that I just read. So whoever is going to write uh, books uh, criticizing the principle of saying should write it to Jesus. Uh-huh. Write it directly to the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Send all your, your, your critiques and your writings and your opinions straight to heaven. <laughs> Don't send them to me. Send them straight to heaven. Because according to Jesus, you will have those things that you say, not things you think nor hope, but the things you say. Now, I did not say it. Jesus did. But you best believe I support whatever the Lord Jesus Christ says and does. So according to him, you have to name it and claim what you desire or you will never have it. You won't have, it's a reason Jesus said that parable and then he broke it down and explained it to his disciples. It's a reason he did that because he want us to watch what we say. Mm-hmm. A lot of us are, and I taught this in a, a prior series, are going through trials and tribulations because of our mouths. If you watch your vocabulary, you will watch the change, a positive change happen in your life. And Jesus tells us this, whoever says and does not doubt in his heart. Now, there is the reason that, that there is a reason unbelievers criticize naming and claiming as well as possibly the reason naming and claiming did not work for them, at least for some of them. And the unbelievers always doubt. That's why it doesn't work for them. Because if you have doubt in your heart, that is not faith. See, you have to have all faith to move mountains. You can have doubt in your head and still believe in your heart that what you say with your mouth will come to pass. Uh-huh. In fact, when you start walking by faith, you may have a lot of doubt in your head. Because I used to experience that. But your head is not your heart. They are two different entities. If you take God at his word, he will certainly honor it. Faith will work in your heart, even with doubt in your head. And that is powerful, saints. That is powerful. What do you believe in your heart is the question. That's the question you have to ask yourself. What am I believing and receiving in my heart? You know, do I doubt? Is my heart full of doubt? Or do you take God at his word by faith and believe in your heart that his promises are manifested in your life? Now, I have had things I believe for while my mind was shouting and screaming as loud as it could. It will never come to pass. It won't work. That can't happen. And my body was was afraid from what my mind was saying. 
but God said, do it. And in my spirit, I said, I'm going for it all the way. And those things I believe for came to pass because I believed in my heart that God would do what he said in his word. I remember when I prayed and asked God for a house. Yes, yeah, saints. I ended up with two houses. So you have to be careful what you ask for. And I am not ashamed to tell you, I ended up losing both. Because you have to be prepared to run two houses. And so this principle applies as well. So be careful what you ask for. Ask God to prepare you for what you are asking for as well. Because he'll answer your prayer. And then the next thing you know, <laughs> things start going downhill. And yeah, I ended up with two homes totaling in uh, assets of maybe $750,000. Mm-hmm. And I ended up losing both, but I learned a lesson from that. I did. I learned a lesson. So you could say to the farmer that whoever plants corn and believes that he receives a harvest, all other things being equal, he will have whatever he plants. If he plants corn, that is what he is going to have. Uh, he is not going to have a peach tree if he plant corn. So if you ask God for something in particular, you are going to have that. So make sure you are uh, asking something that you really want, uh, asking for something that you really want, and that you are not asking in vain just because someone else has it. See, uh, you shouldn't have to learn the hard way, you know. So if you ask for corn, you are going to get corn. Why? Because that is what you planted. That is the words you planted. Now, can you see where I'm coming from? It goes right back to Proverbs 18 and 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. In the soil of the spirit realm, you plant seed with words. You keep talking sickness and disease, and that is exactly what you are going to have. Mm-hmm. If you keep talking sickness and disease that is what you are going to have saints so you have to change your vocabulary mm -hmm. you have to speak those things into existence now when the farmer plants his corn seed he tells everyone concerned that there's going to be corn in the ground all you can see is ground and it all looks alike but under part of the ground is corn seed and under another part is cotton seed in a similar fashion, I have to tell you that there is healing and divine health in this ground. And I also have to say there is prosperity in this ground because that is what I planted. Jesus told me I would have what I say. And I'm telling you, you will have what you say. On the flip side of this, if you are not saying anything, you are not going to get anything. Maybe that is why the critics or the unbelievers are having a problem. They never dare to believe that the seed they planted is corn. And they are scared to say that there is corn in that ground. But the natural farmer and the spiritual farmer are not afraid because they know what they have planted.
Uh-huh. I started taking God at his word years ago. And it has been producing for me. It, it, it has been a positive experience for me. I have claimed a house and that my needs are met, that my bills are paid. I'm able to feed myself, clothe myself. Uh, um, and if anyone else is in need, help them. So I have claimed food so that I can eat. And you should do the, th the same things, saints. The Bible says that whatever you say and believe in your heart, you shall receive. Anyone who has been following my, my teachings for any length of time knows I have always given God, my Father, and Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, all the glory. Why would anyone want to fight that? Why? Tell me that. Why would anyone want to fight that? Because they are ignorant and do not understand the mysteries of Christ. That's what happens when people don't understand something, they reject it. Uh-huh. That's why we have a lot of ignorant Christians walking around. They don't understand the mysteries of Christ. Mm-hmm. But if they will sit still long enough, shut their mouths, and stop criticizing God's word, and listen to what the ministers of God is telling them, they would learn something. Unbelievers who are always criticizing God's words are listening to the devil and they don't even know it. That's who they're listening to. Because our battle is with unforeseen forces, principalities. Mm-hmm. Yes, spiritual wickedness in high places now. Although evil uses human beings, our fight is still with the devil. You know? They are doing a, a, a disservice to the almighty God without even realizing it. When you reject God's word, you, you see what happened to the children of Israel when they, re, they received an evil report and they rejected what God, God commanded them to do. They were in the wilderness for 40 years. So we have to start saying God's word and claiming God's word over our lives so that we can see God's promises manifest in our lives. Now, we also have to water the seed. When you plant something in the natural realm, you have to continue to water until the harvest comes in. Likewise, you also have to continue to water what you have planted in the spirit realm so that your seed does not dry up and you receive your harvest. Mm-hmm. Too many people forget to water their spiritual crops then wonder why the things they believe for never come to pass. They do not consider the fact that maybe they missed a step in the process. See, a lot of people are afraid to admit when they've done something wrong, but it's okay. That's a part of growing. If you, it, it, it's not about doing something that's wrong. It's how, it's how you recover from that. Because I've done a lot, a lot of wrong things over the years in my lifetime, and I learned from it. I said, you know what? My way is not working. I'm going to try it God's way. I have nothing to lose because my way didn't work. And today it won't work. So I stick with the word of God. Now you have to water what you plant in the spirit room, in the spirit room just like you do an equation. Let's say three plus three equals six. Now planting your seed is the first three. Watering your seed is the second three. 
if you do not put together the first three and the second three, how in the world are you possibly going to arrive at six? You won't. Neither will you receive your blessings if you do not follow the equation of planting and watering your spiritual seeds. So how do you water your spirit? Hmm? You water by using the same words you use when you plant it. The way I water is to say, I believe I receive. For instance, let me give you an example. If I prayed for healing at 11 o'clock in the morning, and I believed in my heart at the time I prayed that I received what I prayed, prayed for, I would water what I planted by making the following confessions. Father God, I believe I received my healing at 11 o'clock a.m. Thank you for my healing in Jesus' name. I would also keep confessing the scriptures that pertain to my healing as well as to its manifestation by faith. Until that healing became a reality in my life. I remember when, uh, and this was years ago, when I was at the my doctor's office, I had a, a routine uh, annual checkup and my doctor said, hey, I feel something on your uterus that shouldn't be there and I'm concerned. Let me tell you something, people. Don't receive negative reports in your spirit and don't deny that it exists either. But I told my doctor this and she will tell you what I said. I said, doc, it may be there today, but when I come back for a follow up, it won't be there because I serve a God who is able. I said, trust me, you will not be cutting on me. I said, I'm not going to deny something is there, but I will tell you this. It won't be there when I return. And sure enough, when I returned for my follow up, it was not there. And it never once bothered me. And I never once had doubt in the ability of the God that I serve. And that is where I want you to be. That is where I want you to grow. I want you to grow into a very strong and positive Christian. A strong Christian that believes God's word over his or her own. Because I can remember when I was an ignorant Christian, baby Christian, years ago. Huh, nothing was working for me. But all that changed when I started learning God's word, learning his promises for me, learning what he wanted me to have as I became one of his children. I'm like, can't nothing stop me now. Not even a negative report. And I can tell you today, I am healthy as a horse. I am over 50 and can do anything a 20-year-old can do. And that's a fact. Oh, yes. Now, I want to uh, mention to you again, the way you say is with the words of God. Okay, you have to speak God's word. When you pray, you need to say words. If, if you did not say any words, then you did not pray. And if you don't say any words, you're not praying. And I have heard some people say, and y'all may have heard, heard it too. Let's have a moment of silence for someone who, who uh, lost their lives or ended up in the hospital. Or I have a silent request. That doesn't make any sense. And that is what you are going to get, a silent blessing. Okay, you, you got a silent request, you will receive a silent blessing.
And some people say, well, I just don't believe in saying things. I just believe that God knows my heart and he knows that I have it in my heart. And God knows you are a liar. Mm -hmm. God knows that because the Bible says for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay. Now that's word. So if the mouth is not speaking, it is probably because there is nothing in the heart. If there is anything in, in your heart in abundance, it has to come out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Oh yes. All I have done over the years is taking God's word and shared it with you. Uh-huh. In hopes that you will grow as well. I take God at his word, saints. And that's how I'm able to be uh, successful or walk by, walk by uh, faith, not by sight. I take God at his word. And, and for the unbelievers, if you say that naming it and, and claiming it is wrong and, and that it is not scriptural and that it is a, a prostitution of God's word. Yeah. Do you know some actually say that, saints? That naming it and claiming it is a prostitution of God's word. People know they can make up some stuff. No, they can't. Now, let us assume they are correct. Let us assume that confession and, and saying is wrong. If it is wrong, then I do not care how loud and long you say it. It is not going to work. It will produce no results. If you have a combination lock and you turn to the wrong number, you can turn the wrong numbers until the ducks come home and the lock is still not going to open. All I would ask the unbelievers or the critics to do is prove me right or wrong on a statistical basis because the biblical principle is that faith without works is dead. James 2.17. So if your faith is truly faith, it ought to produce some results somewhere. And somehow, all I ask of the, uh, the non-believers and the critics is, show me what you have produced without naming and claiming, and let me show you what I have produced by naming and claiming, by taking God at his word, and giving him all the credit, giving him all the honor and all the glory. Mm-hmm. That's what we have. See, you, you guys got to be careful what you sit and listen to. Let's go to Romans 4, 16 and 17. Romans chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead, 
and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. God follows his own word and he demands that we be doers of the word and not hearers only. That is in James chapter one, verse 22. He told Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations. He was calling those things which did not exist as though they did. He was talking to Abraham as though he were already the father of many nations. And this was before Abraham even became the father of many nations. God named it and claimed it. Okay. What God said to Abraham was astounding because Abraham was an old man and Sarah was well stricken in years past the age or time of, of reproduction. Plus she had always been barren. You talk about three strikes, you're out. Hmm. Sarah wasn't even on the playing field, let alone up the bat. But Abraham believed God. See, that's the difference, people. Walking by faith and not by sight. The difference is believing God, taking him at his word, no matter how bad the situation is. There are too many Christians who read these verses and end up going off the deep end. Because what they do when they read these verses is... It, it, they, let's see, I use the word interpret, uh, let's see. What Christians do is they'll read these verses and instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to guide them and give them the understanding, they'll go off of their own understanding. And in other words, they read something into these scriptures that is, is not really there. And the difference between what God is saying here and what people assume he is saying is as wide as the distance between this planet and Alpha Century. Mm-hmm. That means you would have to travel 186,000 miles per second. That's 66 trillion miles per hour for four years to reach one of the closest stars to the earth. And that is where Christians are away from God's truth. Mm -hmm. Romans chapter four, verse 17 says that God calls those things which do not exist as though, though they did. It is not saying that God calls those things which do exist as though they did not. And a lot of Christians are confused there. And I'm around them uh, daily. And they don't understand this. It is very important to see this distinction. I am not, I, you know, I'm not just making a play on words. Unfortunately, many Christians have not made this distinction. And that is where they, they have made their mistake. They may have thought they were calling those things which do not exist as though they did, but they were actually saying the reverse. And that is entirely different. It's an entirely different principle, saints. Now, let's take sickness and disease for an example. When Satan attacks a Christian with sickness and disease or pain, sometimes that person will say, I don't have any pain. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I'm around these people. I don't have any pain. What they don't know, I be praying for them in the spirit. Tell them, poor baby, she don't get it. 
or or the person comes back from the doctor after having been diagnosed with uh let's say a tumor the size of a, a apple in his or her stomach and says i don't have a tumor the pain is about to drive that person out of his or her mind and that person is saying i don't have any pain what that person is doing is calling those things that do exist as though they did not and that is not what fate does and this is very important for us to comprehend we need to to, to understand the difference fate does not say that there is no disease when you say there is no disease, no disease, I'm sorry, that is when you start getting over into the philosophy practiced by science of the mind and Christian science. To say there is no disease is like calling God an idiot or an imbecile. Do you know why? Because one of God's redemptive names is Jehovah Rapha, which means I am the Lord who heals you. So tell me this, how could he be the Lord who heals you if there is nothing for you to be healed from. Hmm? How can a doctor treat an illness that is not there? Why did God say in James 5, 14 and 15, is anyone, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith will heal the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And why tell us in Matthews 8, 17, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses? How could God say in 1 Peter 2, 24, by whose stripes you were healed, if there were nothing to be healed from? Mm -hmm. Pain is real. Sickness is real. So do not say that you don't have pain when you actually do. Do not even deal with the pain. Deal with the cure. Speak the cure. Speak what God says. Some people have thought they could not take any, medica any medication or go to the doctor. Man, I'll go to the doctor in a minute because sometimes I don't know what's going on. So when the doctor reveals to me, I say, you know what? It may exist today, but I serve a God. I believe I'm healed. I'm not going to deny the fact that it's there. That's lying. How can God heal you from something you don't have? Wow. So you, you have to be able to make that distinction, people. And some people thought that by, by taking medicine or going to the doctor, they would be confessing something they were not supposed to admit. And so go against what God says in his word. But they were actually mixed up as to what God was telling them. Faith calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Thank God. That faith says, I believe I'm healed. Okay, saints? That's the difference. If you are standing in faith against a sickness or disease, you may need medication to keep your body and your head together before your healing manifests. It's okay to take medication. Satan is banking on you acting like a fool and saying, I don't have a tumor. I don't have diabetes. I don't have high blood pressure. I don't have heart failure. I don't have heart disease. That's what he's banking on you to say. I don't have this and I don't have that. He knows that when the doctor tells you that it is too late, then you are not going to go to God in faith. You are going to go to him in desperation and fear. That fear will destroy you.
and Satan is counting on that. Oh, yes, baby. We are dealing with the rulers of darkness, and the ruler of darkness is counting on that fear. Because when, when fear, see, fear and faith can't exist in the same place. Mm -mm. When fear set in, I don't care how much praying you do. That fear lets God know you don't believe. Remember that Jesus had to rebuke the storm when Peter and them was panicking when they were on the water and in the boat. Jesus was sinking and Peter came running, Lord, we are perishing. How are you? I would have been so comfortable knowing I was that Jesus was with me on the boat. I wouldn't have said a word. My goodness, honey, we have to start believing God. And you have to start making this confession. I thank you, Father, that Jesus took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. I thank you that by his stripes, I was healed. And since I was healed, that means I am healed and made whole right now. And I believe that I am. I am healed in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God for that. But people, we have to start speaking God's word and claiming it. When you make that confession, you are not denying the existence of the thing the devil is using to attack you. You are saying it exists because if it, if it did not exist, you will not have to believe that you were healed. You are simply using your faith and the word of God to eradicate it. It may seem like you just, uh, or, or it may seem like just a difference in semantics but believe me, friend, that subtlety can be the difference between life and death. Thank God that healing is available for us when we need it. But God's best is for us to walk in divine health. And it takes at least as much faith to walk in divine health as it does to believe in being healed. The difference is that you're walking in divine health is using your faith preventatively. And any doctor will tell you that it is far better to prevent a sickness from happening than it is to treat it once it manifests. So always, always keep in mind that although God moves supernaturally with gifts of the spirit, you cannot count on the gifts to manifest your cure for you. Mm-mm, mm-mm. You cannot afford to, to wait around for the gifts because they manifest as the spirit wills. God did not promise that he was going to heal everyone instantaneously by the gifts of the spirit. We should believe in miracles. Absolutely we should. We should expect miracles and desire miracles. But God did not say that we just, that the just shall live by miracles. He said they shall live by faith the just shall live by faith mm -hmm. and I want you to always focus and meditate on Romans 1 17 so get yourself and and your faith life together start speaking what God says start saying what what God says now not tomorrow now when you do not have any pain when you do not have any problems and there is nothing wrong, build yourself up on your most holy faith so that when the enemy tries to put something on you, you will be ready and can successfully 
beat off that attack with the word of God. Mm-hmm. However, and that is a big however, you will never beat off an attack of the enemy if you do not take the time to study the word and get it into your spirit. Why don't you have time to come and, and, and hear about healing at a, at a healing ministry or attend healing services? Why? Why don't you have time to study the Bible on the subject of healing? Why don't you memorize scriptures on healing? Why? Because you think you don't need them. But take my word for it. If you plan to live in this earth realm for any length of time as a child of God, you will need those scriptures. Do it now, saints. That's why I created this ministry. It's a teaching ministry so that you can hear this, so that you can learn to walk in it, so that it can benefit you and your family. You need to do it now. Use your faith before you ever get it. Before you ever get sick, you have to start using your faith before the devil attacks you. Then when it comes, you can command it to leave in the name of Jesus. I have been confessing I am healed and in divine health for over 20 years. I am building myself up a backlog of faith in my body. I am not waiting until I get pain to start dealing with it. And neither should you. Now this little pain in my wisdom teeth is nothing. It's tolerable. I barely feel it while I'm talking. My um, jaw is swollen just a tiny bit, but it didn't stop this message, did it? It is not going to stop this message. So do not fall into the trap of saying you don't have something when you actually do here. That is, is exactly where Satan wants you to be. And I'm telling you, that is not where you should be. Now, while you are saying you don't have that thing, Satan is going to try to kill you with it. Do not give him that satisfaction. Instead, say what God says about the situation. Speak in the word. Call those things which do not exist. Your healing, your prosperity, your victory over whatever situation may arise as though it were already here. By faith, stand steadfast on God's word and the thing for which you are believing will certainly come to pass. Praise God, my sisters and brothers. Now I want you to stand by for a brief message. I hope you were blessed by today's message. Speak God's word and claim it. If you have any questions or comments about this episode or any past interludes, please send your comments, questions, or prayer requests to talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. If you want to support this podcast financially, please go to my Anchor, Spotify, or Breaker home pages, click on the support this podcast button, and contribute an amount of your choice. Now until next time, saints, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D., rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. See you next time.